Hi, Onyx fam. Welcome to the Onyx Life, where change comes with challenge. My name is Merthel. And I'm Rita. Every episode, we take you on a journey, moving you from the struggle life to the Onyx life, creating happy homes and financial empires. Today, we're going to talk about Amazon FBA. Retail arbitrage. So I was working as a nurse. I was exhausted. Actually, I was working as a nurse practitioner. And I started to see these videos online where I started to see people making thousands of dollars per month. And I'm like, what? What do you mean you're making thousands of dollars per month on Amazon? As I started looking at video after video after video on YouTube. And I noticed that this was consistent. People were making thousands of dollars. It's 2,000, 3,000, 7,000, 10,000. It started getting into like 40,000. And I was like, whoa, how do I, where do I sign up? How do I do this? So I started signing up for classes online. And I also went into several Facebook groups and I continued to watch videos and I learned all I could on how to do this. I thought to myself, this is it. This is my ticket to financial freedom. This is my ticket um, out of nursing and into being home with my family. And I, I started dreaming about all the vacations we were going to take and working together. And we were going to just, we were, we were going to um, have a little warehouse at the house and we were all going to like pack and, and we were all going to like smile all the time. It was just going to be great. I had this like, it was almost like an Amazon Von Trapp family in my head. We were going to like sing songs and we were going to all be just like, yay. Yeah, but I wasn't singing that same tune. No, I was in like, fact. I was like, I don't want to sell trinkets. That's <laughs> exactly what you sell. That's exactly what you said. I don't want to sell trinkets online. And I was like, it's not trinkets. These are items that we use all the time, every day. Thousands of people are sending it in. They're sending it into Amazon. And they're making all this money. We go shopping all the time. How could you not want to do this? Come on. <laughs> Sing with me. Pack with me. Let's do this. Right. But I was like, uh-uh. I, I just didn't want to do that for a living. I didn't want to sell things for a living. And there's nothing wrong with selling things for those people that are into retail. But for me, it just wasn't my cup of tea. But I was looking at these videos with her at times. I was hearing the stories. And I got to say, the money looked good, though. Yes, it looked really good. And I saw it was changing people's lives. So what was it? It was Amazon FBA. Some people are like, what is that? Amazon FBA is really Amazon fulfilled by Amazon. That's basically what it is. If you really spell all of it out, FBA means fulfilled by Amazon. What that means is Amazon takes care of the shipping and the customer service for items that are in their warehouse. So what it is, is you can do FBA through several means. You can do it through buying retail products. You can do it through private labeling. You can do it through wholesaling. You can do it um, through, it's more uncommon, but making some handmade things. And you can also buy some collectible things. Well, what we'll talk about today are two of those things, retail arbitrage and online arbitrage. So let's talk about what the pros and cons of selling on Amazon are. And why we have to talk about that is because some people say, well, I've heard of Shopify or what about eBay? Or, you know, they've, they've heard of these other places like Etsy and they're like, well, why should I sell on Amazon? Amazon is a juggernaut. They're the, you know, they're the big elephant in the room. Why do we need to join with them? It, it, it's too hard or thousands of people are doing it. Most people right now have a Prime account. Over 65 million people, they say, have a Prime account. You can use that same account and you can now turn it into, you can have an additional account called a seller's account. And by doing that, you are now able to send in products and sell on Amazon. Let's talk about why 
it's really good to think about selling on Amazon. First of all, Amazon has a great reputation, a really good reputation. They have earned the support and trust of their customers and they are seen as very reliable, especially with their shipping. Get If you have Prime, you get things in two days and it has just been a phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's been a game changer. So millions of people, they shop on there every single day. It's guaranteed traffic. It's guaranteed that you are using a established co company. You don't have to build up your own store. You don't have to um, worry about buying traffic. It's all there, right there, ready, available. I think it was really important for Amazon to have a very strict and rigid policy that favors the buyer to establish a trust because I am not a person that likes a lot of change and I don't always trust online things, especially before, because I'm not always technologically savvy. So I was the one that would always go into the store and want to purchase things and not use like when the card came out to use your car i didn't want to use my card i don't want to do anything online i don't want to do my banking online and so because that was the i came in the era right before all of this electronic boom came and so i would just rather just do things the old school way what amazon does with fba is they created a system that really truly won my trust FBA is almost guaranteed. And if there is something that you don't like as a customer, you can send it back and it is up to the seller to make sure and ensure that they keep their record clean. And so FBA is a trusted brand for me. Whenever I go shopping now, and now I'm, I feel good to shop online and I don't have to walk into the store and touch it because now I know that I'm gonna get it quickly I'm gonna get it within like a two day period. It's going to ship without any complications and any complications that happen, I have a guarantee that I am gonna be able to hold the seller accountable. That's why I like FBA. Yeah, and on the flip side, as a seller on Amazon, they make it very easy to set up an account. Very easy. Um, you can set up an account literally within five minutes and that is a big plus versus trying to make your own online store or especially going and making your own physical store. Another positive thing about selling on Amazon is that they take care of everything with the shipping. If you send in the product, they, they take care of the customer service, they take care of figuring out the shipping, they take care of everything. It's really, um, they've really done a lot with their automation. It's also very flexible. You know, you're now you're operating a store online. You don't have to worry about, you know, a physical store that must be kept, you know, locked and you don't have to worry about, you know, how much traffic can I drive in from, you know, this main street. It's it's flexible in the fact that you can run it from anywhere and you're going to be attracting customers from all over. And, you know, like just to reiterate that point, it's a global store. It's global every single almost every single country has access to amazon so you're not just putting your products in front of a few people you are putting it in front of millions and millions and millions of people on on the web now there are some cons and you know these are things you have to think about when you're selling on amazon for example amazon doesn't just say hey come and sell on our site you know, and it'll be free for you and we're all going to live in peace and harmony. And it's not a win-win situation in some ways. Amazon makes sure they win no matter what. It's like Vegas. You know, in Vegas, they always say, you know, um, the house always wins. Amazon always wins. So from the get-go, you're paying fees. Whether or not you sign up for an individual account or a professional account, you are going to be paying fees these fees can really stack up and unless you really know what you're doing sometimes you can go in the hole just with fees alone the good news is that despite the fees people are making so much money which we're going to talk about in a little bit another 
con, I guess, to say with Amazon. I don't even like to use the word con. Another challenge on sell, on selling on Amazon is the competition is fierce and it's getting fiercer every single day. It's cutthroat. People are um, putting false claims of counterfeit items on each other. They are pretending they're Amazon and they're writing other people telling them to take their listings down. It's so much abuse, to be honest, that's going on um, between sellers that it, it's, it's very discouraging because the pie is so big that to try to take away that, you know, from someone, um, especially with these illegal, unethical ways, it's, 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 it's very bad. And I don't know if Amazon really has all the tools right now to be able to combat that because they're interested more in making the customers happy. So as a seller, you have to kind of work these things out with Amazon, but a lot of the stuff you have to work out on your own and you're gonna to have to be savvy on how you're gonna deal with these cutthroat competitors. Um, another thing with Amazon though, is that you don't have a lot of control. Once your listing is up um, and you know your account is set, you have to understand that because Amazon makes it a priority to make the customer happy. If the customer says, this arrived damage, um, you don't really have the option to argue that, you know, because let's just say someone is known to be a serial returner of things, or let's say that you know that this object that you sent, there's no way it could have been damaged, you know, whatever um, circumstances that, you know, you, you know. Um, Amazon will take the customer side and you're going to have to eat the cost and you could even get, um, a, for lack of a better word, a strike on your account, which could put you in jeopardy of selling in the future. So there are things that you have to be really careful about. And on top of that, Amazon controls what you can and can't sell. This is not a free for all market <laughs> because of all the counterfeits and all of the scammers out there. They have really locked things down. There are so many categories where they do not allow newbies to sell in. And um, there are brands that don't even allow people to sell their brands because they don't want any risk of anybody selling counterfeit items. So, you know, these lists change on a monthly, sometimes a weekly basis. Sometimes a trademark could come out like while you're listing something. We had, I was working with my, my aunt and we were listing some of these items and in the middle, one item we listed was fine. The next second we listed the second one and all of a sudden it says, you're not approved for this category. In that one, like maybe 10 seconds, a trademark must've gone through and all of a sudden they put a lockdown on that category. These things are very fluid and you have to really work to keep up with it because if you sell things and you try to go around a category that you are not allowed to or a brand that you're not allowed to, you can be banned. So there's a lot of um, control that Amazon has that you have to relinquish. And then, of course, you have to make sure that your inventory is really, is you're keeping track of your inventory. Now, Amazon does take care of the shipping and the fulfillment, but you can keep up a, keep up with your inventory and you have to because you start to rack up fees for storage if it is too much or and it's been there too long. And then Amazon will send you a nice little email saying, do you want us to destroy your products or send it back to you for a fee? Now, do they have, is there any app that you can have that will help you with inventory or help you with these calculations? Well, yes. Amazon itself on your seller account will tell you how many products you have in. You can keep track of everything on Amazon. Oh, okay. But it's when you're scaling up and you have thousands of products, thousands. Got you. You don't have the option to just go line by line to see what's selling, what's not. It'll give you alerts for old inventory. They'll also go through and say, hey, do you want to lower your price on this so that it sells faster? They'll help you out, but... It can start to get a lot and that's why a lot of people end up hiring teams because it just becomes too much to keep track of the inventory right. so anyway those that was just an overview of the pros and cons of selling on amazon based on everything i said i believe that there's a lot more pros you know to reiterate you got millions of people who are on there every day you've got a lot of flexibility you've got automation it's way better than 
Um, and, and we know established brick and mortar stores that are closing constantly. What needs to happen now really is a move towards just, you know, opening online businesses because that's where it's at. I think that a lot of these boundaries that they're placing up and these policies are actually really good policies that protect the buyer, but it also holds the integrity of the industry on a whole. I think that a lot of people, if they didn't take this policy um, rigid, like have a rigid stance in these policies, I think what would happen is it could collapse the entire system. And so they do have to take a stand. And one of those things is um, quality control, making sure that most of your products are new. And if there, there are some things that you can sell that are used, uh, books being one of them. And that's actually one of the things that when we first came into FBA, one of the first things that we tried out was selling books. And I remember having some textbooks that I had, and I was not really into FBA. I just want to be honest. When Rita came to me, I was pretty happy with what I was doing in life, and I just was not interested. And I literally said, I don't want to sell trinkets. But when she showed me what people were making, I was a little bit intrigued. And I started thinking, okay, what can I do that I do have that I don't have to necessarily go around and go check out or, you know, and find? And I had these books. And they were used, and that was one of the things that you can actually sell on, you know, Amazon that is used, which is books. And they give you an opportunity to describe the book, to say, this is new, this is used, um, this is very poor quality all the way up. So that once you're honest with the seller or the buyer, then they take it as is, as was described. And so I had these books and... I put them up and I did not realize how well it would do, but it really did well. We actually sold every single one of those books and I was able to make a fairly good profit. I, I'm sure I paid full price for these books when I first got them, but it had been years and they were just sitting there on my shelf. I wasn't using them. And so for a person that may be wanting to do this, even for some extra change, let's just, you know, just take a step back from you know, entrepreneurship, which this is really about. This is about entrepreneurship. But let's just say there is a mom out there listening to our podcast and she's like, well, what I like to do is I like to have garage sales and I just like to do this. You can do this and you could truly make a lot of money just finding things in your house, finding things uh, in. Well, to a point, because you can't really sell a lot of old things. eBay is the place for garage e sale items. E eBay would be, but books in particular. Books and there's a certain qualification you have to have for your things in order for it to qualify as collectible. But overall, Amazon does not want you sending in secondhand things. Right. They want you to be more on the new end. But that was our that was our um, my introduction experience to FBA. And it was a positive one. We made some good money. And from there, uh, we started to just like be curious about what else is there. And I, I started to be curious and I started to really listen to what Rita was saying. And then she started telling me about retail arbitrage and online arbitrage and began right. to explain that to me. Right. So retail arbitrage is when you purchase a product at a discount from a popular retail store, boutique or wholesaler and then resell it for profit. It's something that is very popular, especially with people who are just now beginning. Popular stores where people go to um, to do this could be Marshalls, um, Ross, and I'm talking in the U.S., um, Home Depot, TJ Maxx, Big Lots, GameStop, um, you know, places like that. You know, Walmart, these are places that people go, they, they pick up a, an item and they are able to now send that item into Amazon in order to sell. Now, part of the reason why a store like TJ Maxx or Marshalls would be good is because they oftentimes will have name brands that are in their store at a discount price. And a person who would see a name brand, um, a designer that they really like, would be willing to pay full price for something that had already been marked down. And so that's one of the reasons why those stores kind of do good, especially in the fashion industry. Yes. So 
So basically, retail or online arbitrage is you are buying low and selling high. What does that mean? It means that, let's say you bought a product for $3, you would want to sell that product on Amazon for minimum $9. The rule of three is what a lot of people start off with. Eventually, as you learn, you can start doing whatever profit margins that you want and you can do it by, um, you know, you could have your own rule of two or rule of four. It all depends, I think, on the product. And, you know, I don't want to confuse anybody that's listening. I just, we're just trying to give you an overview of what it means when we say retail arbitrage and online arbitrage. You know, the lingo is RA or OA. And this is what a lot of people start off with. So it's when you go to a retail store, a boutique, or even a wholesaler, but we're going to talk about wholesaling on a whole nother day on its own. So we're just going to talk about when you go into a retail store and you're purchasing an item, you are then taking it back to your house and you are um, preparing it, you're preparing the listing and then you're shipping it over to Amazon. Now, something I, I didn't talk about when I talked about what does what is FBA I, I need to go back and say this F Amazon has warehouses all over the US in Canada the UK Europe um, and they have these warehouses where they store products ones that they themselves you know make and manufacture and then of course all the products that people are selling whether it's third-party vendors or it's like your you know, people like me who went to Target, saw a toy, and then I sent it in. So that's important to note because that is why you can sell on Amazon because they have allowed so many people now to have access to sending products into these warehouses. And these warehouses are stationed all over. And that is why you get your products in two days because they have stuff strategically placed all over. So no matter where you are, there's a warehouse that's close to you in order for you to be able to get it. And let's talk about how to do online arbitrage. Online arbitrage is basically the same thing as retail arbitrage, except you're shopping online. You are shopping for that same $3 toy online, but this time you're doing it you know, from the website and you're gonna wait a few days for them to send it to you. Once you get it, then you send it over to Amazon basically the same thing but you're just doing online shopping and so some people prefer to go into stores based on their personalities and the way they like to to you know live in and some people prefer online shopping you can do both a lot of people do both but right. you know i want to break down what are cons. some pros and cons mm -hmm. really of both so for example let's talk about the pros for retail arbitrage some of the pros are is that when you are in the store physically, you're physically picking up that item, you're looking at it, you're feeling it, you're feeling the weight, everything, you can more accurately gauge, is this item gonna be profitable? Is this gonna be something popular? You can base, uh, you can also base it off of, you know what, this item that I'm picking up, are there like dozens of them on the shelf or is this the last one? You can see things that you can't really see online. So a lot of times people prefer retail arbitrage on that end because they want to know when they're picking it up. They want to have everything at their disposal to make an accurate assessment because so much of Amazon is about strategy. It's about gut as well and your instinct. And it's about like, it's about putting the whole puzzle together. And sometimes some people believe with online arbitrage that they just it's there's something missing there because now they're waiting for this product and it was they don't feel as accurate that's as accurate as you know it was advertised so so eyeballing the product being able to handle it would be a pro for somebody especially who wants to see something to know how it feels to know the lightness and you also mentioned that you could also see how many are left on the shelf? Is this a popular product where there's only one or two left on the shelf? That means that this could be a really, really good product. But is there any other tool or any other, uh, you know, way in which you can make that assessment? Well, definitely. One of the things that you're going to use in order to even make those assessments is you're going to download an app. Um, Amazon provides an app. 
and there are other people who also have made apps that are similar. These apps connect with your seller account and they will show you, like you, you need a UPC code and you will use your phone and you will use the camera on there and it will scan the barcode and you will see how much this item is selling on Amazon, how many people are selling it through FBA. You'll be able to see whether Amazon themselves is also selling it and you'll be able to understand if this is a product that is popular or not based off of the competition, the price, and it will also tell you based off of where you are, where you, how much fees will be taken from this um, product, and you'll be able to tell if you'll make a profit. Wow, so this machine, this app, <laughs> all you do is you go in the store and you scan it, so you're not just eyeballing to see it's uh, that it's all gone, but you have all the statistics on this on this. On well, this it's product. funny because I didn't mention the app first, because I've studied this thing so much to know that the app is almost secondary to everything I just said. Really? People who really know FBA, and I don't even claim to be that, but I do know this much about it. When you really know what you're doing, you can eyeball something and know this is going to be good without even an app. Wow. Because I hear people all the time say, I, f I forget my phone all the time. They just, they have such a gut instinct because they've been doing it so much that they know what sells and what doesn't. So gotcha. I think I kind of, I explained it more from someone who had been so much saturated with this whole FBA, um, you know, lingo and stuff that I, I, I didn't mention the app first. But for, in, for beginners, the app is essential because it's from that app you start to know what is popular and what is not. And you'll use that app and you'll be able to see, okay, oh, this product, I will actually lose $5 on it if I send it in. Mm. And therefore, you know, let me just leave it. Some people... They kind of ignore what the app says, still purchase it because they have an instinct that they can get what they they can get a higher price out of it and they'll send it in. So I, I want to really emphasize that selling on Amazon or in general, you kind of have to put the whole puzzle together in order to sell and really make a profit. You're going to have to put many different strategies together because if you just go off of just one, like the black and white of an app, and not your instinct, you'll probably lose out on money. But I have to agree with you that definitely if you're a beginner, that app is helpful because I remember using that app and it was so helpful to get those statistics. Because oh, you're a beginner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But the, the thing- So I would put that as a pro. That it is a pro. pro. It's definitely a pro. Why I recommend using the app from Amazon over all the other apps that other people have made is because it's directly connected to your account and you will be able to find out if you are eligible to sell in that category. That is an absolute must because you will waste money if you are selling and um, you are trying to sell a product that you are not able to list. So you definitely want to have that app right there with you to make sure that you can sell in that category because Let's say you're a beginner and you went, you go into the toy section. Well, there are certain toys that you will be able to sell and there'll be a whole lot that you cannot sell mm -hmm. based off of the fact that they might have classified it as a baby toy or a learning toy. You've got to get ungated for those. Right. So that's just an example. Um, another positive about uh, retail arbitrage is that there are some items that are going to be in the discount section that you are only going to be able to get there and it won't be offered online. Sometimes, you know, each store has maybe too much of something and then they mark it off in order to clear off a shelf and you'll find those items and you'll just be like, oh my goodness, I got this thing for a dollar and it usually sells for 15. Mm -hmm. Now you really made a profit once you send that in. Because stores will not keep something that is no longer selling on their website or on online. Right, but it could be selling on Amazon. People are looking all the time for discontinued mm -hmm. products on Amazon. Really? They have a section for that? No, it's just that, for example, I really like certain scents that Bath, Bath, um, Bath and Body Works has discontinued. Mm -hmm. But there are people who have been able to find it, you know, I don't know, at local stores or something, and then they send it in and I'm able to find it. Right. So that, yeah, so that's exactly what I'm saying, that we're able to find it because somebody's doing FBA as opposed to, you know, the pros of going into the store the only place that you will find that particular product would be in the store because Walmart won't continue to promote it that right. discontinued or, or the other store, Target won't 
continue it or Toys R Us won't continue it. The moment that they have sold out and the inventory is done, then the only way you can get that product is if you go in their clearance. That's right. That's right. Some items are only available locally. So, for example, we live in the South and there are certain barbecue sauces and certain items that are only available here. Mm -hmm. And when I was in California, there are things only available there. And same with New York and Chicago. There are places that are only available in certain parts. We know um, or I've read about someone who has been doing FBA through online arbitrage and he's been selling um, coffee from Jamaica that mm-hmm. only is found in Jamaica and he right. puts it in FBA and now people are able to enjoy it all over the world. And it's th- these are the things that we're talking about when we're saying there's some things that are only local. Right. Um, Sounds like there's no uh, cons. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into the cons. Retail arbitrage calls for a lot of time, energy, gas money, driving. Eventually, you will tap out your local area unless you're in a really um, urban metropolitan area like Los Angeles or New York. You know, you're not going to tap that out. But for a lot of other places, you know, and even let's say you are there, are you really going to want to drive every day further and further and further out or every week further and further out? You're not going to want to. It's going to take away from the time you can scan. So, you know, that's one of the biggest cons is that limited resources. Yeah. You only have so many hours in the day. You only have a certain um, amount of energy and you only have a certain amount of space in your car. Right. You know, it's going to be difficult to scale after a certain point. I don't know anybody that goes and scans and takes a U-Haul. I don't. (laughs) They just, they take their car. Um, Another, you know, con is that there are... I don't know. There are some people who work in these local stores that don't understand what you're doing and they want an explanation or they want to kick you out and you're not doing anything illegal. You know, you're still going to purchase it at their retail price, but some people do not understand it. And there have been people who have had problems with local managers that have told them you can't scan in here. Um, their reasoning, I, I, it just doesn't make sense. I think, I think, one of the reasoning is that they may suspect that you're a competitor trying to scan their prices and trying to do some kind of data analysis so that you can compete with them. And so they're, they're probably a little bit of paranoia there. Yeah, there is. There is. So, you know, there's not a lot of cons, but those are definitely some, some big cons. And I think the biggest con is that you cannot scale this thing as quickly and as easily when you're doing it locally. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, it's going to be impossible. You cannot buy thousands of products on your own. You have to have a team. You have to fan out every day. And then you'd have to have the space at home or in a storage facility in order to be able to now prepare it for packing. And a potential con, and like I say, it's potential because it's really going to be based on your personality. If you have a personality where you rather not go outside and rather not, you know, be so active and you like to the more relaxing atmosphere in your home where you can sit back, you have your computer in front of you and you like to do work at home, that is going to be a con for you. And vice versa, the same thing is true. If you have the personality and you have the lifestyle where you like to get out fresh air, you want to, you like shopping and you like going into stores and touching things, then it's going to be a pro for you. So you kinda, it, it kind of goes both ways depending on who you are. It's true. But regardless of what you like to do, you won't be able to scale retail, you know, after a certain point. Um, right. So let's get into online arbitrage. Some pros with online arbitrage is you get to source from your computer any time of the day or night you know in the comfort of your home you could go on thousands of websites and you could just go on there and search and search and search it's still going to be just like retail arbitrage you're still going to be looking for that buy low sell high type of product Um, and there are online specials that you can use online coupons you know you can really really start stacking up reward points and you can do some cashback deals and you are able to actually really, <laughs> I've seen some people, they are experts at using reward cards and cashback points. I mean, they know it like the back of their hand and they are almost sometimes getting items for free. 
and then having it shipped to them and then sent over to Amazon. Mm -hmm. Another positive is that, you know, when you order it, it's shipped to you. You don't have to worry about space in your car. It's going to be right there on your doorstep. So, you know, there is no driving. There is no trunk space. There is it's just kind of come to you right then and there. And that's a very big plus for some people, you know, because they just they want to just have the e the ease and the freedom to do that. And once you start using online arbitrage, you're going to start being able to really start to learn how to source from the Internet, which is going to be crucial when you want to scale up and you want to go into other strategies. Now, I hear you talking about scaling up. Mm -hmm. um, what do you what do you mean by scaling up? Like, why is it so important to scale up? Because what you want to do is you want to get to the point. Well, OK. Some people want to just keep it as a side job and some people want to keep it, wants to make it into a full-time job. If you are one of those people that want to actually make this your career, make this something that you do full-time, you have to be able to sell a certain amount of products per month in order to reach your price point. So, for example, um, when you talk to anybody about online sales, whether it's on Amazon or anywhere, you have to understand is this revenue is this revenue or sales or is this profit some people call it revenue some people call it sales so when someone says oh i made thirty thousand dollars in sales or i made thirty thousand dollars or i made thirty thousand dollars in revenue you have to say okay but how much of that was your profit because some people could have a very low profit margin of even ten percent and so what they really took home was 3000 And while that's nothing to sneeze at, that's great. Some people get wide-eyed and amazed at the 30000 and they start making plans off of that, not realizing that, hold on, hold on. It was swallowed up by fees, sourcing costs, sometimes shipping and, and then team reinvestment. and reinvestment. Exactly. <laughs> right. So don't, you know, hold your horses, get the facts right and get to know what was the actual profit. Right. And that, I guess that's why it makes a lot of sense where the three in one rule where, you know, you have to triple, triple it so that you can accommodate for all of those fees. Mm -hmm. So some of the cons with online arbitrage are that, um, you know, competition is pretty high actually online, you know, the, I said thousands of websites that you can actually source, but the the reality is we, we all kind of go to the same ones. And so that, so for example, we all go to walmart.com or target.com or, you know, all those websites. You see, they only have a certain amount in their warehouse as well. And if it's a really good deal, it just might be sold out quickly online versus you might be in a neighborhood where maybe not a lot of people even know about this product and it could be more in stock at your local Target or your local Walmart versus online. Sometimes you go online and an item shows like, oh, it's available and then it's actually out of stock. And you, sometimes you don't even get that notice until a couple of days. So that was a couple of days of wasted time. Sometimes it takes longer to get to your house which is a big problem with a lot of people because you want to start and jump on trends as soon as possible. See, with retail arbitrage, you just drive to the store, you pick it up, bring it home. Um, you have to now wait. You might have to wait with online arbitrage days, sometimes even a week or two. And that just does not work for a lot of people. And, you know, other people are worried about their packages getting stolen. So that's something that actually I think is happening more and more and more with people Due to the prevalence of online shopping, some people are getting products um, or boxes that are open when it comes or straight stolen. You know, we've never had a package stolen, but we've even had packages be opened. Oh, yeah, several you know? packages. And, yeah. we don't, and we live in a nice neighborhood. <laughs> so right. this is just, this is happening everywhere. So those are some of the pros and cons of both retail arbitrage and online arbitrage. So the next question usually with people is, well, how much do people actually make? Exactly. That's the really, that's, that's the, the, that's big, the question. big question right there. They could have yeah. said, Rita, you should have started with that. <laughs> right? That's what I always say, you know, um, start with how much I make, then tell me all about it. Well, we have people who have, we know people um, who have made, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month to 
six figures a month. And this is profit. Even seven figures. And it's pretty crazy because, you know, it's it's so wide open because it all depends on your own strategies and your own savviness with, you know, online shopping and, and Amazon. Uh, don't forget to mention people that have gone in the negative. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, there are thousands of people who haven't even broken even yet. Because you really have to understand the concepts and you have to know what you're doing. But once you know what you're doing, um, the next question is, is not whether you will have sales because you will. The question is, is how high will it be? And the other question is, is what are you willing to do to make more? And so the whole concept of scaling up becomes important at this point in time because there will be a cap on how much you actually make where you can just keep inventory flowing at a minimal level. But there comes a time where you're not going to be able to just kind of like move products from your home over into production and into sales. There comes a time where you're going to have to get a warehouse. You're going to have to get heavy machinery. You're going to have to get storage because there's going to be so much supply, supply and demand. The demand is going to be so high. You're going to have to scale up in order to make significant amount of money. So where is that cap? Where does that ceiling sort of hit before you well, probably know you're going to have to get um, scale up, like you said, and get a, a and get a, a warehouse. What I've heard with retail arbitrage is that once you hit about $40,000 in sales, you have to now make a decision on how you're going to scale up. I've just heard over and over and over that that is the cap on physically how much you're able to gather products in order to ship it from your home and then sell it with retail arbitrage. There's really no cap with online because you can order in bulk online. Right. You know, and sometimes you can just send it straight to Amazon. There are companies right now that will even, if you send it to them, they will prepare everything and then ship it to Amazon for you. Right. So you don't even have to even touch it and see it. So what we're talking about, the cap really is on that retail arbitrage where mm -hmm. you can no longer bring it into your home, package it, put labels on it, and think that you're going to be able to now go to the levels above 40,000. You're really going to have to hire other people. You're going to have to partner and, and get a warehouse and, and begin to spend. But you will be able to now crack that $40,000, uh, prof, uh, not profit, but sales. Right. And then move into another level, a higher level of earning and a higher level of production. And it also depends, I think, on where you are. You know, I there's someone who I think he lives in the Philippines or um, and he's been doing it and he's been able to help his whole community just off of his, you know, his profit. And um, I think he makes six figures in in um, sales every month. I, I, the last time I saw him, he was making like one hundred thousand dollars in sales every month. Wow. But his profit, you know, was just it was going a long way because of where he lived. Right. Um, if you go online on YouTube and lots of articles, you'll see $10,000, $30,000, $3,000 a day and all these things. Always, 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 it's usually the sales. Not many people want to show their profit because it's like, it's not as sexy. Well, you know, it's interesting because I heard you talk about someone selling some coffee from Jamaica. Then you're telling me about someone, you know, selling these products from Philippines. So are you saying that like you literally can do this anywhere in the world? You don't have to live in America? You can live almost anywhere in the world. There are certain countries where you can't do it. China's obviously one of them. But there are a lot of countries that you can do it from and you don't necessarily have to have the warehouse in your country because you can ship it from your house um, and send it over to the marketplace in the US for example even when you're in the US and you open an account they will prompt you to just make it a North American account so that you now all your listings are now going to be available in Canada and Mexico along with the US then they'll also start to prompt you to make an account where you can start selling your products in Japan, the UK, and Europe. They are very invested in making sure that your product goes to um, as many countries as possible so it has the greatest reach. You know, it's, it's, it's something remarkable. When you can get a good handle on this, yes, you can make good amount of money. You know, I, I look at this one video where he was like, oh, I, 
I make $3,000 a day. So I started to do the math. And I said, let's just say he had the lowest profit margin, you know, 10%. That would mean he was making about $300 in profit every day. You know, I'm not even talking about taxes yet. So now we got to take off at least another 30%, you know, with taxes. You know, he's making, you know, anywhere from 4000 to $5,000, you know, a month. And while that could change a lot of people's lives, it's what did he do to have to do it? Right. Anytime you think about something like this, you got to now start counting the cost. Because if you are someone that is working at a job and it's not taking that much out of you and you're making the same amount of money, you have to really say, do I really want to trade this in for the labor intensive work that Amazon FBA is? You could say, oh, I'll do the online. That's not labor intensive. Well, that might not be physically taxing. But trust me, when you start having to keep up with all your inventory and your orders, answering customer service, but I thought you said that Amazon does customer service. They do to a point, but there are a lot of questions that they um, that customers ask that you have to respond to mm. and that Amazon only takes care really of the shipping customer service. Right. But the products, you got to answer that. You got to be on there. You have to keep track of all your statistics because Amazon has some parameters that you have to stay between in order to keep your account healthy. And if it's not there, they will shut you down. And well, Amazon has been known to shut down people, even with perfect ratings, because of one person that said, I don't even know if my item was real because they could have just been upset about something. Amazon is so invested in their customers that it ha there, there have been a lot of accounts terminated that have been restored and some have not that have been completely unfair towards the seller and something you have to think about. Another thing that I heard, and I don't know, maybe you can explain, maybe this is not even about FBA, but when, um, when a seller reaches a certain amount, like if they get a certain amount, um, is there some type of review over their account where their account is temporarily kind of shut down just for um, Amazon to just review it to see if there was a real sales or something like that. I think I heard something like that, but maybe yes. I was wrong. It's called a velocity review. Okay. So let's say you're selling you're making $100 in sales every day, but then all of a sudden you hit on a really popular product and you sell 10000 Amazon will hold your account. They will hold your pay and they'll say, continue to sell as we review your account. A lot of people are like, how am I supposed to continue to sell this awesome product when you're holding my pay? It's a conundrum because they don't have the money in order to keep sourcing it. But right. Amazon does that to make sure that you are not selling anything counterfeit. And so what they will do is they will hold it because you get paid with Amazon on the average person gets paid every two weeks. Mm hmm. After you've been selling a while, you can ask for daily disbursements, but it's not like you can start selling on Amazon and then get paid the next day. Those daily disbursements are, are payments that have racked up over the weeks. So let's just say you've been selling on Amazon for four weeks and you start asking for daily disbursements. Like These are all items that have sold within the last couple of weeks. I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly, but you are not getting daily pay. It's not like having your own store on Shopify and you're getting that money right away. They will hold it and they will always hold a reserve amount as well for any returns. So what do you do? Do you have to make sure that you have this lump sum of money set aside? Are there any kind of places that you can get money besides the bank, but some type of loan or something like what do you do? What do you do? when you find yourself in a situation like that, because I know that there's a lot of people that just doesn't have extra cash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is mean, there is yes. there like a, a loan that um, that Amazon gives out to people or anything that could help you even to launch, even if you're launching and you need extra cash? Is there something that you can get in order to kind of protect yourself? There are companies out there that they have made in order to help sellers get to a point where they actually front you the money. 
so that you don't have any delays. And so what happens is they take over your account basically and your pay portion of your account and then they pay you daily and they're getting reimbursed by Amazon. I'm not going to say exactly which companies do this because I cannot endorse any of them because it's it's not a, I've heard good and bad from all these companies so I would never want to be responsible for directing people there but a quick Google search you can find it right there right so if you find yourself in a situation like that you're trying to start your account or your account got froze and you just don't have that startup money or you just don't have that extra money there are some ways we can endorse it but there are some ways that you can get around that but just be prepared to know that as you're scaling up and as you're starting this company, this will or may happen to you and you just need to be prepared. Yes. Most people need a certain amount of capital to start Amazon and to stay afloat while you're going through these changes. These velocity reviews happen with each level that you really move up because they want to make sure that you're not just going to take all this money and run and these customers are left without a good product. So, you know... There's just, there's a lot to it. I just want to emphasize people have been able to change their lives with Amazon FBA. Despite, you know, um, you know, just me trying to be realistic with you guys about, you know, um, sales versus profit, profit. I do want to say that there are a lot of people who are making six, seven figures off of Amazon doing retail arbitrage. And then of course, some of the things we'll talk about later on this week with wholesaling and private labeling. It's a really good opportunity to get your feet wet with getting either side income or even starting, you know, a whole new life. Um, selling online is wide open. It is wide open. People are using it not only on Amazon, but on a lot of other platforms in order to sell goods because we are just a society that is just moving more towards buying everything online. Right. And so, you know, it's not always, and, and some people just, you know, they're getting more, um, I should say, we're getting more internet savvy and we're not just going to just a standard Amazon or Walmart, like we're going to boutique stores online. We're, we're doing a lot of things um, online. And so even Jeff Bezos himself, I heard just the other day that he was taught in an interview saying that the market of selling goods online is still wide open despite his humongous company. So a lot of people, basically, they use Amazon because it's there's no traffic they have to pay in order to get people to see their stuff. It's a trusted company. People are able to really make a solid um, business out of it. It's just going to take a lot of work, physical work initially, and um, a learning curve that is not too steep, but it's there. But once you get the strategy, once you really understand it, you can set that price point. And let's say you say, I want to make at least, you know, um, $30,000 in sales. You know, sell 300 products at $100 each. Or you could just start doing the math. And you could pretty much set your price and set your income. And all you have to do now is just figure out the means and the ways in order to source it. And then get it onto Amazon, send it over there, and watch the money roll in. So... Let's uh, let's give them some steps on how to actually start an account and then maybe some resources as to where they can actually go to to get some assistance with this. Okay, so when you go on Amazon, especially if you have a prime account, there's a Amazon changes the words every now and then. Sometimes it says, you know, sell your item or sometimes it says make money with Amazon, but there's usually a prompt you can press on. And from there, they start walking you through the steps on how to make an account. You're gonna have to decide whether you wanna do an individual or professional. Individual are for people who will sell casually every now and then, um, and you have higher listing fees and higher fees when your product actually sells. Professional accounts charge you $39.99 per month, and you will have less fees. You won't have a listing fee, but and you'll have less fees when your product actually sells. So you have to choose to say, you know, which one. Most people go straight to the professional because with the professional, you are also able to sell on multiple platforms. Um, sorry, multiple marketplaces like Canada and Mexico, and you know, there's just a lot more, um, a lot more things that are available to the professional seller. 
once you do that um, and your account is ready, basically, you know, download the app, connect it to your account, and either start going to your local stores or and start going to online stores and start scanning, seeing, you know, some products that you think could be very popular based on what you're seeing on the app and then of course your intuition and once you do that and you have your product whether it was shipped to you or whether you drove out to get it you set up a listing on FBA I mean sorry on Amazon you set up your listing and you create a shipping plan Amazon will determine where this product is needed um, and they will have everything ready for you to print out and you could either put it on a box you have or a box that um, you can get at UPS or FedEx and then you can ship it straight from there. In fact, they'll give you the option about whether or want, whether you want to use FedEx or UPS. It's all very simple. It's, it's, it's just, I can tell you, it's, it's extremely automated and very simple and you can just start selling pretty much immediately. I mean, that's what we did. We just said, hey, let's try it. Let's get these books, scan it, we put it all together, put right. it in a box and shipped it. And, and that was that. So it's, it's just, it's a really, really simple way of getting started and getting your feet wet online. Um, if you want to do this and make this something that changes your life, you can. There's a lot of resources online. One of the things that I, one of the places you must go is sellercentral.com. That is Amazon's resource center for everything about selling on there. They will walk you through how to do it. They will walk you through how to um, set up your account, um, what you should be looking for, all the things, all the new rules, and they will walk you through everything. If you really, get, they'll take you behind the scenes to your seller account so you know the dashboard, mm -hmm. you know what everything is. They get into it. And that's something that some people don't really want to do. They want to just go and learn from other people. But that should be your first place. Your second place could be oh, any of the places on Google. I, I wrote down a few that I've, I've actually looked at. Um, the first one I looked at was mysilentteam.com. And it's run by Jim Cochran. He's a very um, trusted resource for Amazon, FBA, and he really has done a lot of great things and he's working with Amazon on some projects. They, I think they really like him too. So his service is actually very affordable and um, he partners with people in order to continue to provide updated courses and classes and resources on the different things that you can do and different strategies and different rules. It's, all, it's just such a really great wealth of information. Right. Um, another family, or I call them family because they call themselves the selling family. I've learned a lot from her. She really does a lot of um, specializing, especially in groceries. Here's, yes, yes, people. There's a lot of people who go out and they will master selling from Publix or some other grocery store. There's so many ways to do this retail arbitrage that, you know, you just have to find your niche because when you do and you really know it, you know, you can start teaching people too because there's there's always somebody that is right there ready to learn and absorb. Um, I've also used Jungle Scout. They mm -hmm. also, they help you with um, learning how to sell, but they also have these tools where you can see products on Amazon based off of their inventory and their price point. They are able to make an estimation with how much revenue this you know each item is actually making this seller it's an actual really good tool um i i really recommend jungle scout um there's startup bros i think that their information is really helpful and then there's um niche pursuits or niche pursuits n-i-c-h-e pursuits these are places that I've went to to find out more. And I've also just saw random videos on YouTube mm -hmm. because a YouTube just has a lot of information um, about selling on Amazon. And you want to stay really with current articles, you know, within the last, say, six months to a year because Amazon Amazon's rules change so much that you know you don't want to really see or read an article from like 2015 things have changed like by night and day 
you know, between that point and now. So you always want to stay current. And that's what I like about a lot of these websites. And um, they really try to stay current, keep you updated. There are websites that will give you lists of all the products or the brands that you cannot sell, all the categories you have to be ungated in. There are companies out there um, that help people get ungated. There are companies out there ready to accept all your products so that you don't have to touch it. They will pick and ship it for you, pack and ship it for you. So there are so many things. So remember the gold rush where um, Back in the 1800s, people said that the people who made the most money were the people who sold the shovels. I will say this. You can make money both ways with Amazon. You can make money actually selling on Amazon, which would be digging for gold or mm -hmm. panning for gold. And you can also make money um, helping people out who want to do these things, coming up with courses or apps or companies ready to assist people in their endeavors, um, just like they did with selling the shovels, you know. So... Amazon FBA, it's a it's an, a great, great intro to selling online. All right. So thank you so much for listening. We really hope this is helpful. We are going to come up with a more comprehensive class that you will be able to um, have in your own possession. It's going to detail everything and all of this so that you don't have to necessarily write it all down and try to figure it out. It'll be all there for you. And we hope that you'll be able to get that and you will be able to to really begin to live that onyx life where we we want to move you from the struggle life to the onyx life so thanks for listening all right join us again monday through friday show nuts are found at the onyxlife.com where you can also submit questions through the ask us tab join our facebook the onyx life follow us on twitter at the onyx life and on instagram at the onyx life official now go live that onyx life where change comes with challenge see you next time